My name is Sean Jordan. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. Here we'll be discussing the history and legacy behind disabled hunters, trappers, anglers, and how they adapt and persevere in the woods, on the line, and on the water. My name is Sean Jordan, and I'd like to introduce my guest, Jeff Blevins of 4B Outfitters. Uh, now, Jeff, when did you start your outfitting business? We started about seven years ago. You know, just me and one of my real good friends, Ralph Harford, and uh, we call him Pooh, as in Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> and uh, it just, you know, the passion with both of us just took over from there, you know. And we've loved doing it ever since. So we just decided to put the plan in motion and just just go with it. Uh, who actually contacted you guys after, when you first started? Uh, the first client, you know, we just put it out there. Um, it was a boyfriend and girlfriend from up around the Shawnee area in Oklahoma. And they came down and we put them on some real nice books and, you know, they just had a blast, you know, and, and then unfortunately we had the, the outfitter land that we were using or that we did have leased, uh, sold out from underneath us. We had no idea about, and so we had to start back in, at square one and start looking for the land and looking for the opportunities and putting a little bit of more blood, sweat, and tears into everything. And we got it, we got it done. We, we made it happen. And here we are now. I mean, it's just full fledged. I think we're up to like 28 pieces of property that we uh, alternate and use for uh, all of our hunting areas. Nice. What type of hunting do you offer? We offer whitetail deer, uh, hogs, all dead, dove, quail, and turkey. I have, I forget, what is an odd dad? An all dad is pretty much just a barber sheep. Um, they call it the poor man sheep and they're real popular right now with everybody. Everybody wants them. Uh, we've had problems with trespassers, you know, going up on the mountain and trying to, trying to get as many as they can, you know, without us knowing, but we got, we got so many gates and locks and cameras and everything up right now that they can't get really, they can't get through where they need to, to, to hike up there. Cause it's a long hike up on that mountain. Yeah, I take it. All dad is a very big, from what you're saying, all dad's a very big trophy. And yeah, I can understand. I've never hunted an odd dad before, and I'm interested now. <laughs> yeah, they're, I mean, they're cool creatures. They make beautiful mounts, especially with the chaps on their legs and on their neck. They make real pretty mounts. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just looking at a picture of them. Yeah, I'd, I'd look at, I'd like, one of those <laughs> of course i only have two mounts yeah so. <laughs> uh, right how many uh when did this charity organization start contacting you guys you know we just we've had a couple people call and there's like well my kid's disabled she can't hear she's deaf uh and it started from there and so i told my buddy and I, I said, do you want to take this one on? And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And so he learned a little bit of sign language 
and everything. And he really stepped up to the plate regarding the disabled uh, hunters. And he just connected with it, you know, and it was such a, a an eye-opening experience for him. And he just, he ran with it and he loves it. And so anytime we have a disabled kid or some kind of a special needs hunt comes up, he's always down for it. And he tries to make that kid uh, feel like he's known him for his whole life, you know. That's cool. Uh, he's just, he does real good with those kids on that. That is cool. And how many of those hunts have you actually been on? Uh, we've done three of those hunts. And then this year we're teaming up with Buckmasters to do a life hunt for two individuals. And that'll be on um, youth rifle season hmm. in Oklahoma. That's nice. Now, uh, have you ever worked with, because I was recommended to you by uh, Mike Burnside. Do you, have, you work with him and McKenzie? I have not worked with them yet. We plan on doing something with them this year. Oh, that's nice. Um, and all that. We, you know, we, we follow them on Instagram and, and, uh, they actually followed me on Instagram and they just started just watching some of her videos and showing the passion that she has for the outdoor, even though she has that sub, you know, in that wheelchair and everything. And, and when I was talking to Mike about it, it's not about how big of a buck she can score or anything like that. It's about putting food in the freezer and, you know, fulfilling her family's needs yeah. and providing for her family. And that's her main concern. And that's when, that's where it really hits home, you know, is it's not about a big buck. It's just about putting meat in the freezer and providing for her family. Yeah. Big bucks, just a side benefit. But I, at the end of the day, it is about the meat and it's great that Kinsey gets to feel the special nature of that. And I hope you guys, and I know you guys are going to do well because you've been successful for seven years and you're going to make certain you're successful till the end. And I mean, that's inspiring in itself right there. So, yeah, uh, what we don't are you guys, quit. I mean, what do you guys, uh, thinking you said you're not going to quit um what do you think is going to be an expansion of on next year or the years following well i travel around and hunt at different outfitters and we help boost them uh we tell them about all of our sponsors that that help with us you know vortex hornady uh pure whitetails stuff like that and we get them into where we can help them boost their company as well because whenever i'm full of clients I, there ain't i mean there's no way I, I don't like turning them down but i can refer them to a good outfitter that will help them take care of their needs and you know the big thing is that i teach and tell everybody is Whenever the, the hunters do come in, you don't treat them like clients. You treat them like friends and family because, you know, that's the main thing. That's when people are going to come back. If you don't go down there and you don't show them that you care about them or you you care that they have a successful hunt and you're not putting in the work, 
then they're not going they don't want to come back you know yeah so we're, we're we're planning on expanding um as of right now where the plans were for me and my wife and family to move to Missouri and expand up there. But unfortunate circumstances right now, we cannot do that because we have no one to manage the business while we're gone yeah, and all that. So well, at least it's, uh, it's in the bookings right now. So that's great. Cause I know a couple of guys yep. out there, I know a couple of guys that uh, have their own podcast up there, the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. So they work through Missouri. So okay, yeah, right. Um, I want to circle back to uh, your clients. Uh, on average, for the years, how many clients do you guys manage at a time? Um, at a time, usually we run anywhere from four to eight in a group. So, I mean, we're, we're like this year, we're booked solid throughout the weeks, weekends and all that stuff, you know, starting deer season and then working all the way around till we get back pretty much to the summer months till we get real warm and hot. And then we start slowing down a little bit just because the hogs, they want to be by the ponds. They'll come out later on in the evenings and what might, um, the all dad, uh, they don't come off that mountain. So I don't want my guides to get hurt and I don't want anybody to get bit, rattlesnake bit. Uh, so we kind of, we only do those through a certain amount of months during the year. And so we try to, we do the best we can. Uh, I just don't, we just don't want anybody to get rattlesnake bit or anything like that. Cause it, the summer times on the, on that mountain, it, gets pretty pretty warm and it, it'll drag you down mm. heat exhaustion is not a fun thing i've had it so no. uh, yeah um what type of shooting do you guys offer uh anything is it anything and everything or do you have specific weapons you, uh, tools you use uh we do anything and everything uh you know you come out and you do hog hunts if it's not during the deer season, then we can run into the night, which we use the elusive wildlife uh, outfit lights, which are extremely bright. I mean, they do a really good job. You can look through a regular scope. Ain't no problem to sit till midnight, one, two, whatever, you know, and, and shoot pigs. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, the bog, we always use the bog, uh, field pods or the death grips or, you know, anything bog product. We use those. Uh, of course we use the vortex scope, you know, low light conditions, the clarity, uh, the excellent, I mean, they got excellent, you know, warranties, lifetime warranties on them and their customer service is just outstanding. So we try to hang and get in with people that are wanting to go above and beyond than just, okay, here's our product, post it, you know, and if it's not something that we feel that is truly helpful, then we just, we won't push it. We, I mean, I'm not going to have someone spend their hard earned money on stuff 
and they don't like it. And then they blame us or, or whatever for having them purchase it and giving it a good review. Yeah. I got a bulk tripod this past year and I like it. So I understand that. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. Yeah. I'm wanting to get a few more tools, but now for uh, disabled individuals, have you guys got any specialty tools or equipment that you've acquired over the years? Uh, we're still, we build our own blinds. Um, I'm more of a affordable outfitter. Yeah. So I, I want everybody to enjoy the outdoors, but all of our blinds, we can pretty much pull right up to get you right out in it. You ain't got to walk and track in and all that stuff. You just pull up and we, we get you in right then and there. Everything's wheelchair accessible. Our cabin that we have, I recently just purchased another house for a cabin and it has a wheelchair ramp. All of our stuff is, uh, you know, dis disability and handicapped accessible. That's excellent. That is great. Uh, other than Buckmasters and well, actually I want to get on that. How did you guys start getting in with Buckmasters and your other sponsors? A long time ago, you know, right when we first started, I, I said, hey, if we're, we're truly really want to do this, then then let's do it and let's do it hard. Let's hit the ground running. And so I started putting some feelers out there, started getting some emails, confirmations. Um, and our first one was Vortex. And we went from there and then the second one was Hornady um, working through a couple of them guys down there. And then we, we slowly went into bog and, and all that. And then, um, we got it, we got all that, you know, all that stuff situated and lined out. And then we, I kind of made a phone call and one thing led to another. And next thing you know, uh, Jackie Bushman was calling me and he's like, Hey, I want to, want to come down there and film. I've never shot a buck in Oklahoma before. And I said, okay, well, come on down, you know, and, he came down and he said, what's my chances of, of me getting a, getting that nice buck, you know, on, on night one. And I was like, well, you know, it's pretty good. <laughs> and, uh, I think he was out there maybe an hour, hour and a half. <laughs> and next thing you know, he says, he, he said, he said, big buck down. And we went out there and he, he had one of hit lusters and on the ground. And that's nice. then he was like, okay, well, I got another tag. I got a film you know, uh, archery. And he was like, you think something else is going to come into that area? And I said, Oh yeah, something else will come in there. And, uh, we had a buck named Curly. He was just a big mainframe eight. And, uh, the last morning he walked in probably, I think 15 yards from him, 15, 20 yards from him. And he let that, that several broadhead fly, man. And it, and it was a big body. I think he scored 146 inches, eight point. I mean, he was a, he was Dang. a big brute, you know. Dang. So. I think I got, I haven't even measured mine yet. I really need to get mine scored. Buck I got last year, but he was a nine pointer. I'm proud of that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I ain't nothing wrong with that. Oh no. Especially the meat he gave me. Although I need to make certain my freezer stays frozen because came home one day and the freezer was slightly, uh, plug-in was slightly ajar. And I was like, no, 
all that meat will not be wasted. <laughs> Luckily, it was cooked oh, cold. That's, that's so. your name. Oh, yes. That's, that's my thing. Yeah. Do you ever have any fun with that where the freezer goes out? I've had it once, and it ruined every bit of meat we had. And I had to throw everything out. So now it's like duct tape the freezer to the wall and put a generator next to it. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> What's the biggest all dad you guys have uh, harvested? The biggest one we've taken was uh, by Rusty uh, Rustin Hayes from Whitetail Properties. I think he ended up scoring 32 inches. Nice. He's a pretty big one. Yeah, I've been seeing some of the uh, photos you guys have been posting about this, about all your animals, and I gotta say, they're those are some big racks on these animals. Yeah. We try to, you know, we feed year-round. We don't, a lot of people just do the corn, you know, but we feed year-round, dump those proteins in there, and try to get big, big mature bucks that, you know, people want. We don't have trophy fees. So if you come out and you shoot 130-inch and your buddy shoots 150 or 160-inch, and it's the same price. I mean, it's whoever can sit there and wait, who has the most patience, you know. Yeah. Now you guys start offering buck uh, tags in September or October? October. Okay. We start October first and run through January fifteenth. So it's about similar to Indiana's whitetail season. Then we okay. have yeah archery, then firearms, and then muzzleloader. Yeah. So we do archery. Youth rifle, black powder, and then go back into archery, and then we do two weeks of rifle, back to archery, and then we do two weeks of uh, antlerless deer until the end of the year, and then start back January 1st through January 15th, all archery. That's that's actually pretty cool. Um, for your dove hunting, have you ever had any uh, disabled clients for dog hunting? Not yet, but you know it, it's always it's always a possibility. You know we're we're more than willing to take anybody on. I mean, if it's a challenge for us, we we'll accept it. I mean, we're not we're not going to scare away from a challenge. We're down for it. Yeah, I got my first reserve dove hunt last year and took my first dove with a box and a half of shells so we've had we've been out there where a guy i don't even think he shot one that day but well i think he <laughs> shot one but man i think he went through two boxes of shells <laughs> but he was a little rusty you know and yeah. it's been a while since he'd been dove hunting that was my cousin started me on dove hunting i think it was three years prior and well we went out in early morning it was cold dark and damp and we were just sitting there not realizing how to approach it none of that and we didn't see anything so we left and then i got the dove draw last year and we figured it out it was come out about six o'clock at night and wait for them to come back through the fields and just start going to town on them and so yep. that's gonna be the plan this year although i don't think i'll do the dove draw thing because 
I don't think I can afford it right there. But right, yeah, that'll be fun. Luckily, they offer it, but I'll talk to them about. Yeah, it. it's a good time. I love dove hunting. Yeah. Say, if you guys were in the state next to me, I'd be saying, "Honey, I'm taking the car for a day." Right. Yeah. Being in Northeast, we, we get a bunch of people from Texas come up for dove and everything because they had a hard freeze last year I heard. during their, um, and it just wiped out a lot of their dove. And this year or last year, we we were so hot. I mean, it was people were tagging out, you know, almost every day that that they came down, and um, this year is probably going to be the same. I mean, we've we've been seeing dove already, just like crazy. Oof. You know, and our Milo fields with this rain, our Milo fields are coming up real nice. And those are our main attraction whenever we go out and we're scouting them. You know, we, we'll go out and scout and watch their entries and exits on the fields and set you up where you can. We'll put the mojos out. And most of the time, we'll sit out there with you and take our shotgun and we'll just all sit out there and laugh and joke and have a good time. And Oh. And you know, rib on each other, and and that's what it's mainly all about is just treating you like you're you're a part of the friend family, you know. Yeah, that's what I love about wing shooting the most is you can talk BS and just have fun out there. I mean, I love white tail hunting and hunting in general, but you have to be super quiet most of the time. Mm-hmm. But with wing shooting, it doesn't matter. You can enjoy the day and just let the shells fly. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been peppered a couple times last year. So it was like, you know, that that they get excited because here comes, you know, five or six dove flying over and they just shoot. And next thing you know, all years in pellets flying around you. Well, at least least the pellets are a little safer when they're aimed up high. I think what is it? Yeah. the rule is you have to see sky between your barrel and the ground before you've opened fire. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. now you guys do circle around an entire field to keep them up. high. Yeah. Basically. Well, basically we just set you right underneath, you know, a tree or something like that, put the mojos out and then we just sit there. I mean, they'll, they come right in. I mean, they'll come in and try to land on the mojos. You just sit there and pick them off. Nice. I mean, yeah, when, uh, the, I was using public land. So the DNR had set it up and they had mowed a huge swath out of it. And so it was sunflower field seeds, uh, sunflowers on both sides. We sat on one side, every single guy in the draw did that way avoid, you know, everybody's facing the same way. So we avoided that, but it was still fun. I mean, I literally saw a guy two, 300 yards down the way, he just let rip one and you just saw nothing but fl- feathers just pop out of that bird. Yeah. That's and good. I, eating too. Oh, I made some uh, jalapeno poppers with his, with his breasts and they were delicious. I'm not joking you. <laughs> yeah. That's what we do too. Yeah. I'd love to be able to just go out again and start shooting. So I'm hoping for this year and now I'll, on doves um are they your most uh requested animal to hunt or whitetail or other 
It, it's a toss-up right now. I mean, we we were so hot during dove season, and then this year during deer season was hot and heavy, and then our hog season was real hot and heavy. So, I mean, it's everybody's just picking it up and just saying, hey, I want to do this, I want to do this, you know. And, like, one kid, he came down from Pennsylvania and uh, joined in on a hog hunt. Well, you know, he went back, and now he's like, a god up there you know because he went down here and he was shooting hogs and so everybody was like you know you're the man and you know to us it's just a, you know it's just a hog and everything but you know up, up around north northwestern northeastern and all that they don't have the hogs yeah we don't have so big up in my area so i'd be wanting yeah. to come down and just to shoot a hog i got a freaking, oh, they're, they're fun i got a smoker i'd be smoking some hams yeah some they're fun months. They're fun, man. We get you right up close and personal, you know. Uh, Jess Bond, she came and hunted with us. Uh, and I think she posted it on her uh, Instagram page. And you could actually hear the hog. She actually had it, the hogs by the feeder. And then she had a big boar sitting there rubbing up against the blind and was moaning, you know, saying, hey, I know you're here. And all that, and I mean, he winded her quick, but you could hear the hog in the in the. She had the video up, but you could hear it right there. You could hear it scraping on the pop up blind and everything that we had. Dang, that's I like I said, I haven't done hog hunting yet, and I would love to do that, especially after hearing a guy I talked to a while back. Uh, he was telling me about a hog hat they done in Texas with a guy. Ryan off the grid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was telling me about a hog hunt. They took a guy on, and the guy didn't make some of the shots. He couldn't make the shots at night because they were using night vision, and obviously that's an acquired skill using night vision to hunt due to depth perception, unless you get a rangefinder on it. But uh, so they did a uh, spear hunt with it. Yeah. Do you guys offer that one too? No, we just. I mean, we, we put you in ground blinds. We get you up close and personal. You, usually you're looking about a 25 to a 30 yard shot, you know, nice. We get you up close and personal with them. So we've had them try to come in the blinds with one of our guys and, oh, and wow. all that. And yeah. It was warm and he left the door open and <laughs> he kept hearing them come in behind him and all that. And he turned and looked next thing you know, there's a pig's head stuck or, coming through the blind and he just pulled out his pistol and just started shooting. He didn't hit it, but he just, he just unloaded that pistol on that hog and, oh my and he God. Missed it. yeah, but Point blank range. Yeah, we, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and if you follow me on Instagram, you, if you can look, there's a, there's a video. We just shot a hog and we go into the trees to track it and we just find the hog. And then next thing you know, we got, 20 to 25 to 30 hogs coming 10 to 15 yards from us and we're all just standing there being real still and i mean they're just everywhere big mamas that, and, and everything is that the one with the uh, rifle resting next to the pig uh no now there's there should be a video of uh all the hogs coming through the trees and everything and it's just I mean, there was, there were so many of them and yeah, 
I'm eventually going to find out. It's a daylight one, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's one thing we do down here is it's it's you know, you want hogs, we got hogs. We can we can put you on some hogs down here at 4B. Nice. Yeah, so you said you offered all that deer hog pheasant. How is the pheasant? Don't, we don't have any pheasant. Oh, it's oh, I'm sorry. Dove and quail. Oh, quail. Yep. Another animal I haven't yet to shoot. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're noticing our, our quail populations really coming back and really doing pretty good. So we're gonna we were offering that this year. Now, do you uh, when you're monitoring your uh, bird ground nesting birds and are they ground quail or ground nesting birds? Aren't they? Yep. Yeah. So do they have to have a big problem with meat predators out there? Uh, some, not much. I mean, it's. Most of them leave them alone, but okay. they're not as bad yeah. as what uh, duck and turkey are getting. Right. Oh, that's actually confusing because you would think quail would, oh, unless the male actually sticks by the female quail, don't they? Yep. That would make sense now. Yeah. I answered my own question there. <laughs> hey, that's all right. Yeah, right. Hey, I've, you've seen uh, one of those buzzards or something flying in the air and you see the smaller birds just chasing after the big bird oh yeah it, make, it yep. makes sense with that yeah we see a lot of cool stuff you know down here and and everything we've seen we've seen people shoot you know ars at 20 yards on a pig or 15 yards on a pig shoot five times and miss five times <laughs> You know, so, I mean, we, we, you see a lot of funny stuff down here and then you, 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 you hear a lot of funny stuff and you're like, all right, well, you know, you hear a shot and you're like, well, he's down. And then they text you back. I didn't, I missed, <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's funny, but it's, it's not, you know, yeah. and, and they're upset with themselves and we just oh. try to lighten, lighten the mood, you know, with them and it happens. It, it happens. Yeah, so everybody shoots and misses. Nobody's perfect, you know, but they get their redemption. Yeah, I guarantee you, if I were to come down, I'd be missing the first few shots, and I'd be ribbing myself, and then we'd have maybe good uh, having a good old time with some beer afterwards. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Go back to the cabin, you know, got a fire pit. Just everybody sit around, drink beer, you know, just and just have a good time, you know. My guides, uh, you know, Pooh, uh, Daryl, Mike, I mean, and Brady, they, they really, they, they really look after their, their hunters, you know, and, and take pride in, uh, guiding them and working for them to, yeah. to make their hunt the best success possible. Yeah. I was looking on your, uh, Instagram, uh, the guy that's in the hospital bed, he a client or um... no that was my son oh dang six five a uh, six six wow a little over, yeah he's a little over six six he's pushing almost six, six seven now <laughs> oh, oh i hope he gets a speedy recovery although i'm probably looking at it yeah april 21st so i'm a month off <laughs> yeah he's he's back he's still under i think he's still got like two more weeks of a little bit of restriction but he's back to doing good now yeah 
Oh, ouch. I knew, lung collapse. Yep. I knew, uh, I know a guy actually, I work with him. He had his lung collapse on him. He's in his sixties and yeah, that's not from what he said. It wasn't as fun as they thought. <laughs> no, when they, when they done a surgery, they put three tubes in him in his uh, side and all that, and then had to do the surgery. And, and then he was in the hospital for five or six days, I think. And yeah. So, but we got him back home. He's doing good now and, and still back to being a teenager, you know, out of high school and all that. So, you know how yeah. those are. You know? <laughs> yeah, I got a seven year old. So, yeah. Well, at least your kid uh, adapted to what he had and now he's going to keep moving forward. And that's all you can do. That's right. <laughs> and I hope he has a very good recovery too because. Getting hurt is not fun. No, so far so well. Yeah. Now, uh, okay, we went through deer and pheasants. So, what type of anything special you're going to try and expand into in the future, uh, in terms of uh, animal wise? Um. No, I mean we might we might start looking into doing some elk if I can find a an elk lease. Um, as of right now, that that's really it. Um, we're just going to keep it just like it is because, I mean, we got the population. Our population on deer is is outstanding right now. Uh, one spot we got it, it wasn't nothing to see one just. In, in the morning hunt sitting there for three three and a three three and a half hours yeah i mean it wasn't not to see 70 something deer i don't see that you know my area yeah i mean we feed uh buck seduction all the time um especially in the summertime you know whenever we're not getting the they're not getting as many nutrients as what they need so we, we get the proteins in them mm -hmm. and uh they, they eat that stuff like candy i mean you'll see same deer, but you'll see different deer coming in. I mean, it's, it, it attracts deer. It's a long range attract and pretty good stuff. You ever tried lucky buck? And that, they love it. Never heard of it. Uh, I just started using it this year and it was developed by a former cattle. Good Lord. I can't remember the proper title for it, but you know, he was, uh, working on getting the feed and the nutrients into the, the cattle all the time. So that way they didn't consume it in one setting. They had to come back to it. So he, so the lucky buck has a high salinity content, but because of the salinity, you're not going to eat it all at once. So they got to come back periodically for it. Right. And it's kept this uh, big mama doe. That's got a big belly on her coming around constantly. And I got a one picture of a small, of a buck that's getting his antlers in finally. So it's working for me. So it's only 20 that's bucks. All that matters. Find yeah. out what works. You know, the, the best thing that we found out that really works, you know, is whenever you start to putting out scents and everything is the uh, stuff from pure whitetails. Hmm. If you use that stuff properly, I mean, you can draw in some monsters that you've never even seen before. And we started using it and it's drawing in some pretty good ones. 
you think it's also given uh, of the feed and everything's giving you some more monsters too? Oh yeah, yeah. That I mean, when you're feeding that buck seduction, it's you know it's made out of peanut, um, munbean stuff like that. So you're looking at of at least a solid twenty percent protein that you're dumping into them, you know, year round, and it does. We we've hunted peanut fields before, and the mass it produces on some of them are, is just outstanding. That's a lot of nutrients. Yeah. Mm. Man, I just lost my train of thought on something I was going to talk about. Oh, the lucky buck. Uh, yeah, one of the guys. As uh, I heard it on another podcast, they had the actual create owner on, and he uh, was saying that. Uh, he was getting, I think, after two years of use, one-inch spikes on trail cams from yearling fawns. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Here's hoping. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, speaking of food sources, do you, you guys, you said you feed them year-round. You're allowed to hunt on baits, then? Yes. Yeah, we have feeders, and then we have food plots. We use the uh, pure whitetails, clover blends. They love those clovers um, and all that. And then we use the, uh, have you ever heard of the Woods FPS series um, food plot cedar? Not yet. I've been doing like little hand seeding with the throw and grow stuff, but never actually done anything with that sort of thing. But it yeah, you can pull it. Field. Oh yeah, it. I mean, it, it. You can do two different types of seeds, um, in the same box. I mean, it. It just. It can do. It does everything. I mean, you can angle your disc for, you know, an aggressive till or a slight till, and it plants it and it covers it, and then it puts your moisture retention rows in. It's it's a one man operation. It's pretty interesting. But yeah. I mean, we we can hook it up to a tractor. You can hook it up to a four wheeler, ATV, UTV. I mean, you can do it with whatever. And they make them in smaller packages, or they make them in the bigger ones where you have to use a tractor. But you know that that's just a real. It's a, it's a lifesaver, especially when you're doing it by yourself. You know. Yeah, I've just been. I got private. The private land I hunt on is my mom and stepdad's place and it's too far into town so and obviously it's not mine to till or do anything with so i gotta ask permission to do all that and it's the where i hunt is a small blind in the back which actually is not that's which not that small it's it can fit two full-sized males right seating seating comfortably two size males which is nice Mm -hmm. So I got about a 20 degree viewpoint on it and 20 yards a shot. And we're just started putting, we got a bunch of clover in there, but I started throwing in some radishes this year, hoping that something takes from the area that we've just cut out of it. So, yeah, I know we're, but we're on to <laughs> how we maintain food plots. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, you know, and that's one of the key ingredients, you know, is, is to hold them there is, is the food plot areas, you know, because if you're having a bad year and there's not a lot of crops around, then if you have that food plot established, they're going to stay there because that's, a, you know, that's a constant food source that they can rely on. Yeah. Well, uh, it's about that time for this. Yeah. 
my ending words just stink. Um, did you want to put any plugs for any of your organizations? No. Um, October 1st, we're going to be doing something pretty big down here in Southwest Oklahoma region. Um, we're going to have some professional wrestlers coming in. Um, possibly some uh, ex NFL players, future NFL players, NBA players, will be um, raise money to bring it to some kid and their parents down because, as we all know, the parents are under just as much stress, if not more, than a disabled kid. Yeah, because they deal with the doctors every day and help you know, help the kid every day and all of that stuff. So we're trying to get back to the family and help the kid at the same time. And, and hopefully that, that event turns out to be really good. And, and hopefully we can do two or three instead of just one, you know, well, I hope you guys get to do it. Um, do you want to plug your Instagram or any social media that you have? Yeah. If y'all want to follow me and check things out, interested in us coming up and hunting um filming it putting it on carbon tv just give us a call my number is uh, 580-649-2199 and you can reach out to me on instagram and follow at 4b outfitters keep up to date with me all right well thank you for coming on and talking to me about your outfitting service and what you guys do for not just disabled people but everyone in general and i hope you guys uh succeed in what you do and uh remember everyone stay adaptive